This is the Sea to Sky podcast with Marcus and Alan, weaving through the issues in Sea to Sky country. Welcome to another edition of Sea to Sky podcast. My name is Marcus. I'm here with Alan and our, our friend Ryan. I know you're a big shot up in Whistler with the uh, the marijuana farm up there. But, One of uh, the lead growers for Whistler Medical Marijuana Company. We are doing, oh, cannabis, part two. We first talked with uh, uh, Janice Carrera about uh, the cannabis industry and what's happening and uh, she was all about the CBD. She was, in a big way, and she had some very impressive products. But we didn't really talk a lot about actual, I think when most people think about legalizing marijuana, you know, or, you know, smoking pot or, or hash brownies, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever melts your butter. So yeah. we didn't talk a lot about that, which I think is mainly the top priority for most people rather than hemp-based cosmetics. Let's, let's do a timeline. Before any talk of legalization, you guys were licensed by the government to produce marijuana cannabis. for cannabis yep. for medical patients. Medical patients, and, right. and you're servicing pretty much um, all of Canada. All of Canada. Yep. Okay, that's right. And that means you must have a pretty big facility then. Uh, no, we're actually one of the smallest facilities. We started from the ground up. Um, we never went public. We stayed private. Uh, we only have a 6,000 square foot facility at the moment in Whistler. Um, we have a second facility that we'll be opening up in about a month, I think, uh, in Pemberton, and that'll be 60,000 square feet. Wow. So much bigger. Um, and this yeah. is all in lieu because of the, the law changes or just demand is Just up? demand is up. Uh, company's grown. Uh, patient base has grown. So we've been able to find the investors willing to partake and build the company. So you've been operating like this for how many years now? Uh, four in a bit. Four and a bit. Yeah. So now the government comes along and says, uh, Trudeau comes along and says, we're going to legalize cannabis. We're going to do it. It's about time. So well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you're a big advocate for it, yeah, I know. Yeah. So what happens at this point? Like you have your market, you've already established. So now all of a sudden you have a wider market or you have to compete with 100%. everybody else? Or well, but, no. you, but wait a sec, because you had a market for medical marijuana. And we still do. Are you going to be continue to do just medical marijuana, or will it be recreational as well? I would say we're going to stick to about seventy five percent medicinal, and okay. then push into the recreational market as well. Okay. Yeah, and see how that unfolds. And this is, I think, this is sort of the main main thing. I mean, we've had medical marijuana for for many many years. I think over a decade now, mm -hmm. but not just in British Columbia, but in other jurisdictions in Canada, and of course, California. Yep. It's it's fairly widespread and yep. fairly well accepted. Yep. So now getting into recreational marijuana is, I guess many people figure the next logical step, mm -hmm. um, but it does open a bit of a can of worms. We've talked, you know, we they, the RCMP can't say anything officially to us, but we do know that they have some concerns. The driving regulations, I have right. no idea how they're going to control that. Right. That's going to be a serious problem, I find. Yeah. I mean, marijuana stays in your system for 30 days if you're a, a regular smoker. And well, ask Ross Ragliotti. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Does everybody get that reference? I'm sure they do. Oh, quite on. a bit, yeah. All right, all right. And I just, I don't know how they're going to go about determining if you've had too much in your system. Like, Marcus could smoke it. I know he never smokes it. And it would just throw them down. And I mean, if I were to smoke some, I, I don't know. I smoke it every day. I'm used to it. I don't find it inhibits my driving at all. But then we do a drug test and it's going to show up the same amount. Like he'll have THC in his system. I'll have it in my system. And I, don't, I just don't know how they're going to control it. I think it's going to be a serious that, That's issue. just one facet of the legalities I think that we'll be facing when it comes to marijuana uh, or, or cannabis. And I, I brought this up with, with our, our previous interview. It's just right now when you want to introduce a product into the market, 
you like I have the a magic a bigger better blue pill. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna bring the blue pill to the market. I okay. mean, you go, the CDC says, all right, it's good, but you need to base this off prescriptions, and then it goes to the pharmacies, and then we can tax and make revenue this way. These companies are responsible. Yada 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 yada. Mm -hmm. Right now, with marijuana, especially in Vancouver and elsewhere, you yeah. have dispensaries. So That's basically, the product up. is everywhere that will change of course that's going yeah. to change so how you know yeah. what i mean who's going to who's going to oversee the regulatory bodies who's so, going to oversee this as i understand dispensaries will have to buy a bc liquor control certificate or license in order to stay as a dispensary and if they do that then they have to buy all their product from licensed producers such as us okay yeah i mean craft brewery is going to be out um for the time being i think they will have a chance to have um a buying in procedure but they, for the time being they've been determined that only LPs can sell their product to these dispensaries once they become fully sanctioned dispensaries I guess but then you then you have to start nitpicking because I mean you have in, in Vancouver areas and, and, and markets here in Squamish I mean we have two dispensaries here three now I think three That's and then right. in yeah. Vancouver you have some within blocks of each other like four or five within blocks for of sure you, you can't have that many in one place can you it was like are they gonna bring down the hammer on that too or well I mean that's what that whole regulation was last year they had to apply for uh, business licenses that all their set regulations they had to be so far away from schools or parks I guess or, and they had to be apart from each other as well so you couldn't have one right beside the next one beside the next one there's spaces they had to have follow I don't know how they will adjust to that with the recreational but they'll need to have more facilities that then they're willing to open. Like I heard that BC Liquor is going to be selling it, but I mean, how many BC liquor, liquor locations are there compared to all the communities that will be wanting to smoke it? I mean, it'll be good to have those extra stores available, but all their product will be bought in from LPs instead of buying it in from the local guy who has a license to grow at home. Um, so it'll be up to them to determine if they're willing to pay the extra price to buy from LPs and then resell it which I think is going to close down a lot of stores. Because right now, yeah. they buy it from these underdogs that are willing to part with it for next to nothing, and then they sell it and they make a good chunk of coin, mm -hmm. and that's all going to change. When they can only buy it from LPs that have their set prices, I don't think a lot of guys are going to stick o stay open with it. And how will they enforce this, though? Is it, is it you'll have the liquor board inspectors coming in, or are they going to have more inspectors that's coming in? That's something to be determined. I have no okay. idea. It's not, yeah. it hasn't that, no one knows. I think a lot of people were looking at this, a lot of potential uh, producers and sellers, looking at this like the craft distilling business, like the craft brewery business. Mm -hmm. the, there's going to be lots of little producers and it'll be wide open and it'll be, you know, it'll be a really dynamic market like we're seeing with the craft brewery market. 100%. Yeah. Right. But are you, f are, and I asked Janice the same question and she, she's from more of a corporate background. Okay. But are you worried of a sort of a, a big pharma takeover? Like it's a big business. And like you say, there, we are the could... big pharma though. That's the thing. Yes. Right? Like now. Yeah. But... Well, I mean, there are those little producers right now too that sell to dispensaries and we are yeah. always competing with them. Most dispensaries I've ever been to are cheaper priced than most LPs I've ever seen. Um, but we still have a great market for it. Um, also heard that these microbreweries, if they do want to sell their product, will have to get a certain license to sell to LPs. And then LPs will buy up from them and uh, test the product, make sure it's good to go for the public, and then sell it off to the dispensaries. Right. So right. that's the only way I could see them being able to compete with us. I, I don't know how it's going to unfold for them or us. I mean, 
if it does become overregulated, which it seems like it will, it which, will be for sure. They're right, treat it like alcohol. Government tends to right exactly. exactly. They tend to yeah. err way on the side of caution. Of course, right. So it becomes very over, which makes it harder for smaller producers it to does. compete. So then a big company comes in mm-hmm. and says, "Wow, look, you know we." They can hire the lawyers. They can hire the accountants to jump through all these hoops. That's right. And then no, none of the small producers compete with them. And then you have, you end up with a semi-monopoly type. Well, that's a big problem right now. I mean, I've heard from um, the Small Growers Association that they've been pushing to allow themselves to be uh, accepted like licensed producers are. But for whatever reason, Health Canada or the government has chosen that they just aren't allowed to participate in the first year round of uh, this recreational market. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I remember when they were talking about uh, legalizing medical marijuana uh, way back when. I remember uh, players in Marlboro were buying fields and buying marijuana stuff because the small they ones. wanted to, instead of having your cigarette cartons now in the stores, you're going to have marijuana cigarette That's cartons right. with a Marlboro with the same warning stickers on nah, them. Yeah. Like, you know, well, like three quarters this... of the box. Exactly. It's going to kill you. And we have to have the same things on all of our boxes. Too. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, I think, what Alan is alluding to is like what's stopping like a big player like Marlboro and, and players just coming. Just, just destroying everybody else apart from having, I guess, well, I guess the argument would be the reason why you go to a craft brewery because you have your variety instead of getting the, you know, Budweiser. And I guess Marlboro and players would be the Budweiser. That's true. There would be. And the reason we have craft breweries and craft distilleries and why they've exploded is because they did relax the liquor laws. That's true. Yes, I know. Um, they've said that there will be about 150 different strains available from all the LPs, which is quite a fair amount. Maybe they'll open up the market when they decide that concentrates are all right and edibles will be all right. Because right now it's only bud and oil, I believe. Maybe oil. Uh, record for medicinal, we can only sell like straight bud or oil that hasn't been changed in any way. So we can't use any shatters or a hash for whatever reason. Health Canada thinks only the bud is good for the patient. Um, they don't care about edibles. They just don't know how to control it. I don't know what it is. Maybe when the year passes and they see how things have come, like come, they'll allow more of the underdogs to start adding their products in. And okay, here's another question for you. Somewhat along the same lines, but more specifically, I'm talking about uh, a local producer distributor. I don't know Janice Newer. I don't know if you know Watermelon. She's quite. I don't. Okay, she's no. quite infamous in Vancouver. She's oh, okay. been making edibles okay. and selling them at Rec Beach for over a decade. A okay. Yeah, a long time. Okay. And she's just been doing it. And there's no secret that she does it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Mark Emery. He had his store, still does, down yeah. there in downtown East Side. Yeah. People are in there smoking pot like it's a cafe. Yeah. So that's been going on. It's been going on for no problem for almost two decades yeah. now. What I'm saying is it was kind of a legal gray area because no one, right. no one really wants to... I mean, why go after her? Exactly. Right. She's right. just making... Right she's now... She's got a good small business. You she's not really harming anyone. she gets caught, it's a slap on the wrist. But now when it, we were talking about legalization, all yeah. of a sudden it's a huge problem. It is a huge problem. They're changing the rules. They're stating now... Well, they're making it official. Well, they're making it official, 100%. Yeah. And they're also declaring that if you do not follow these rules, that will make the penalty a lot more severe. So... It's going to be to their discretion if they want to keep selling their edibles and whatever. But uh, if they get caught, I don't know if it's jail time. I don't know if it's, I don't know what it will be to uh, punish them against going against the new government rules. Yeah. But they're, I'm sure they're trying to push out the underdogs and make it as secure and tight for them so that they can collect all the taxes off of it. 
which is kind of a weird situation we're in considering True. we're talking about legalizing and liberalizing well, that's the it. use of yeah. cannabis. And it just seems like there's more and more control. Do you, do you see the government, uh, the way they're working right now, the way they're looking to control what's happening? You, you see this actually working or you see some holes in the... Uh... I see the black market still thriving, 100% it will. Yeah. Uh, people will always want to smoke concentrates. Uh, it's a new thing. I mean, I smoke it myself. Um, but I also make it at home myself too which is also what everybody else is allowed to do. They don't have to go and buy it anywhere. They can buy their product and make it at home. They can even just grow their product at home, not even buy it anywhere. Uh, that's a huge thing that I think that they're allowing us to do, which is great. And I just, I think the black market will still have a place, but it'll be, it'll probably bring up the, the prices a bit, uh, just because I think the risk involved will be a lot greater than it has been in the past. People will be less inclined to use it and then go to the conventional, conventional means. Well, that's it. I mean... I don't know how much the LC, BC Liquor, sorry, will be selling it for, uh, but they've bought it from us at a certain price and they're going to have to make money off of it. It will be steep, I'm sure, but that's going to be the price for uh, accessibility. And, uh, just, and also, if it's only going to be available through a government liquor store, that means in the corridor, that's two locations in the entire well, corridor. Well, right, that's not enough. So they're allowing dispensaries to buy that BC license, but then that means that they'll be regulated and the taxes will go to them. They just want total control well, of the you'll sales. You'll have a second level of markup then. Yeah. Right. Well, that's it. That's yeah. right. <laughs> so for the way it's working, though, you see it actually creating sort of that market? Like, oh, there's always a black market in everything. But do you, do you see the, the rules working in, in such a fashion that it's going to be a smooth transition? Or do you see do you foresee a couple of bumps in the road? I'm sure there will be bumps in the road. That's something that's bound to happen. Well, it's government. But yeah, what kind sure. of What kind of bumps are we looking at, though? Are we um, looking about uh, what, what area would you see them sort of faltering? The starting the dispensaries will be a tough one to call, for sure. They've given them business license to have themselves open and available. Um, now they're completely negating where they buy their product from. Uh, and that'll have, a, I'm sure, a hiccup in itself. People still have product that they'll be selling at that point. Um, who's to say where it's from? Um, will it have to be thrown out? I don't know. Uh, the driving thing, I think, is one of the biggest things that's going to be an issue. Driving under the influence. Since I, as far as I know, there's no other, I guess, other than a blood test, there's no well, test Well, that's for it. It's a swab, right? Uh, a DNA swab, which is, I don't know, against your privacy, yeah, I that, think. Yeah, that's, that's where it gets the issue. Of what I understand is, like, if they're taking a swab, uh, that they're taking, your, in fact, your DNA, which is even, like, for a simple... Uh, test that's not allowable because usually if they want your DNA you need a court order for DNA that's right yeah exactly right? Like so breathalyzer take, there's yeah. nothing taken exactly but, yeah exactly so yeah I have no idea how that's going to be governed I mean I was pulled over once uh, and my eyes were bloodshot red and uh, the cop had asked me if I was stoned I said no but I had smoked one earlier in the day I know I shouldn't have said anything but uh, I have a medical license um, and uh, he said, well, it stays in your system for three to four, up to 24 hours. And I was like, okay, well, that was like more than eight hours ago. And he's like, well, come out, get out of your car and let's do a sobriety test, pretty much, which was a heel to toe, heel to toe, back to your car. And then he's like, well, you passed that better than a sober person. And I was like, well, I mean, it's because I smoked it a, way, a while back. And yeah. I smoke it every day, so it doesn't really hit me that badly. Right. I mean, but other than that, I, I just don't know how they're going to determine if you're high or not, or if you have allergies and your eyes are red. And I mean, what are they going on? Like, uh, right? right? Like, you see red. Well, the, if you roll down the window and they smell the cannabis, cloud, right? Well, there we go. Out. Right? The yeah. Smoke, yeah. Yeah. The hot yeah. box is released. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't, do, don't do that. <laughs> um, other than that, right? Yeah. Other than that, yeah. I don't know what they're going to pull you over on. Yeah. I mean. 
And then I, I've heard that they're just going to make the punishment for being under the influence so severe. Like, they'll take your car right away and you get a huge fine. And if you got alcohol mixed into it, you can get prison time. Like, it's madness. Yeah, it's a little draconian. It's It almost feels like it was better under the, when it was in the gray area. That's the right. Law, when it was just kind of like, well, really think it's not it. really legal, but, you know, yeah. we got better things to do. You got it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Now it's going to be an well, issue. Well, now governments need to make money. Come on now. And Trudeau promised. So we yeah, have to do this. We have All to right. go through this stuff. Mm-hmm. So big hiccups is essentially that when everything gets legalized, you still have product that's out there that sort of has to disappear. Yeah. And then you're talking about the enforcement when it comes down to intoxication or not intoxication but under the influence let's say yeah um, and so those are actually pretty big components that no one's actually really talked about where do you where do you see it going do you think they can develop a magic machine have they talked about any machines to detect that sort of stuff or not at, I have no idea no. I don't know what's this is where going it gets, on. Gets, it gets I, messy I don't know I've heard of uh, things that test your your eyes I guess to see how they react to light that could change from person to person I don't know I don't know I mean I've, I've got epilepsy and then they put some machine on my eyes that throws flashing light at me I might oh, have yeah. a seizure I, yeah. I can't deal with that uh, okay, but but speaking of, since we're talking about, the re- reason they're talking about legalizing is, as they said, to tax it, to, to make money. They want to make money jobs. off it. Right, got... they want to make money off it. Yeah. So, since you are in the business of yes. it, how much money can you make off of something like this? Like, for instance, how many jobs do you provide? Our company's small, We uh, but we still, we have about uh, 25 people working with us right now in the Swiss. It, it's pretty sizable. decent, right? And, and we're talking about, you know, three different operations in, in Squamish alone. So Yeah, dispensaries, right? I've, I've always walked in, they usually have about three people, four people working. I'm sure you got people in the back playing right. with the numbers and one owner. But, I mean, jobs will be available, 100%. There will be more uh, opportunity for people to work in the industry. Um money is excellent right now i mean right now there's only a certain amount of lps around uh we started when we were like one of the first 10 so we've built a business and yes we make quite a good amount of money um i don't know how lucrative it'd be when everybody wants to open up a dispensary and i mean from a dispensary point of view the money will be less lps will be raking in the money for sure they will all the dispensaries will have to buy from us all medicinal patients have to buy from us the government's on board with us because we submit our taxes on everything, every single thing we do. Um, I, yeah, that's about it. I, <laughs> like, what, well, yeah, it kind, of, it kind of makes sense, right? They ha- but they have been talking about it, not just here in Canada or British Columbia, but I mean all across North America. They've been talking about this for years. Legalize it, and it's going to be a huge cash crop. Do you see it being a huge cash crop? Now? 100%. I mean, yeah. it is in the States. California has raked in billions since it went legal. Most states have made a, a fortune off of it. I well, mean, it's only only legal in California, Colorado, and Washington so far. Okay, and I've heard nothing but good things from each of those states. But I mean, it's it's one of those things that there's a lot of closet smokers out there that no one really knows about. Like for example, like, I don't think Alan or myself is like as soon as it becomes legalized, I'm going to go to the nearest liquor store and buy some marijuana cigarettes. You know well, what I mean? Well, that's it, so, right? Yeah. I mean, this is exactly. I think what Alan is alluding to is like if people in British Columbia who are smoking, they're already smoking. So it's just a question of maybe raising their supply and then hoping the tourists that come end up buying more. So this is where we're talking about economics, right? Tourism will be huge. Yeah, yeah. so it's not like, like 
I think there's such a culture here for it that the people who are already smoking will keep on smoking. Mm -hmm. I I don't think there'll be any newer or let's say uh, more people to be more inclined to smoke now because of legalization. Because I don't think maybe I don't think you don't think that the whole illegal act is keeping people from enjoying it or trying it. I don't. I really in my growing up in on the North Shore of Vancouver. Mm I mean, people are amazed that I've never smoked pot. I mean, West it's Coast more is pretty loud. It's more sure. common yeah. that you've at least not tried so it. Okay, well, I'm, I'm like, from out east too, right? right? So I mean, when you when you smoked a little bit of marijuana or hash out east, it was more like, oh, well, we're doing something naughty, yeah, right? Ha. Exactly. But you know, when I moved to British Columbia, even in '98, '99, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're outside oh. in the street, cops are driving by, it's all good, man. It's crazy change, I know. Yeah. So I'm just I'm saying, for for I can see other provinces benefiting quite a bit. We're like, I can now smoke it, yay! Mm-hmm. But I, for British Columbia specifically, in our, our area, like uh, like see the sky area, yeah. Apart from tourists coming up and getting extra cron. I really don't see a big influx. I don't know. That's why I'm this, you can tell me different or whatever. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I've, I haven't lived out here long enough to know how BC is. But yeah, I know that it is pretty lax with the marijuana for sure. I mean, most people that I know smoke it out here. Um, I know a few people, though, that won't smoke it because it is legal too. So it'll be optional for them to go just to the grocery store and pick up or whatever. Not the grocery store, but a liquor, liquor store. store. Yeah, right. And uh, get a joint or two and just buy that and bring it home and try it out. I think numbers will go up a little bit. Are we talking about Colorado, California numbers? Hard to say. Did they, I think they allowed though for edibles and concentrates? They did. They did. So yeah, that's yeah. just they, so much more went, for people to try. They went much more liberal than what is being proposed. Right. In Canada. Yeah. Like I would have expected them to push for edibles here, just because it's a healthier choice of consumption. Um, and I'm surprised by that too. A very healthy living area of here. Yeah, I, I think the argument though with edibles is is the concentration. It's uh, the is, you're right. It's the it's because I mean if you have a tray and you just a sprinkle amount of whatever on the tray, like one some piece here will get different amount than other pieces, and you can't guarantee That's right. you have the same amount in every piece. So one bite will have more THC than say another one. So, so you, you have to put a range on the cookie. You can't have say it's like this is a 15 milligram cookie. This could be like a 10 to 20 milligram cookie, and the other one's a 10 to 50. But you could put a maximum range. So, oh, so 100%. Could, you could say, say up to. it has up to. Oh, and for sure. So And you can make that maximum fairly low. Mm-hmm. So but there you go. But, I, but there, there's a little logistics coming. I agree with what you're saying, but if you look at the liquor board too, uh, if you look at it's in British Columbia, this, this might have changed. It's a long time I've been working in a bar in British Columbia, but they, you have to account for every ounce of alcohol. Okay. So if, even if you spilled... Uh, a shot you have to count spillage i spilled this much in a shift i sold this much per ounce you have to calculate per ounce so it probably would be the same thing in british columbia when it comes to like marijuana you can't do tw- 10 to 20 it doesn't work for them you need to account for every little bit you're selling just so they can keep track of it not just for taxing but i guess for public safety consumption public safety, probably. right and this yeah. is i think why they're sort of holding back on the edibles until you can actually have a form of manufacturing that guarantees the same amount everywhere and you can account for every little bit then it works and i think that's why they're holding back because they haven't figured that out yet but know? they've given us the opportunity to if buy the product and make whatever you want with it so you can make the cookies at home if you want for private consumption for private consumption yeah right and but i would think and I might be wrong, but I would think that when we're talking about possible new users, mm-hmm. it would be the edibles. It would. 
right? a lot of people don't want to smoke. That's right. Yeah, I'm one of those. Yeah, I'm yeah. done with the smoking part. But got it. Yeah. So then, what happens to like the prescription? Then, like, if I if I need uh, if I need to use some medicinal stuff for like my chronic pain and stuff yeah. like that, um, I mean, can I just come to you and say uh, now as as a as a distributor, can I come to say I have this specific problem and you can you give me this medicine no. without the prescription now or no? So our product will never be sold from us. We'll always sell it to the liquor stores or whoever's selling it. They'll buy it from us. Um, medicinally. There'll still be that still the same application process applies. Uh, you'll go to your doctor, they'll send your document to us. We'll verify it with your doctor, and everything gets shipped through the mail. We don't have a storefront; it's all through the mail. Um, and I could see a lot of people still being interested in that option because then they don't have to go to those stores and buy the product in front of others. They can still keep their secret secret, I guess, mm -hmm. right? And then it also works for those that just can't get out of the house. I mean, right? The the, the medical level will always be there. Um, what what is the most common thing that people use marijuana for medicine? Is it pain pain management? There's a few. I would say cancer, um, AIDS is a big one. But that when you but that's mainly for pain management. It is. You're right. Yeah. Or hunger or something like it's okay. the side effects of those to alleviate uh, side effects of the, either the medication right. or I use it for I, not for my epilepsy actually, but for uh, chronic back pain. And I've, I'm yes. allergic to all anti-inflammatories. And I have, I've heard that from many other people. Yeah. Yeah. So doctor's willing to give it to me, uh, and it helps tremendously. Um, okay. But yeah, pain alleviation, hunger suppressant, hunger gain, sorry, for sleeping. It's a lot of the uh, side effects of major illnesses, pretty much, that it helps with. Okay. It will not cure you of what you're. So what, what? What's what? Then what? My next question would be then, like, if I'm if I'm a private distributor, how, what's stopping me from labeling labeling my thing as pain suppressor or side effect this? And, so we and, have patients that call in, and we have 15 strains available, and they'll ask us. They'll say, "Well, I'm looking for something for pain, or I'm looking for this," and we'll help them out. We'll, but we'll tell them also that like this will affect you differently from somebody else. Right. I mean, and then please just try it and. Yeah. Because if you go to a pharmacy and I and I need sort of certain pain relief, you have the stuff that's on the shelf, right? And you have stuff that's behind the counter. Yes. Right. So what what's stopping people or like distributors or, or sellers to say, yeah, I I have the same pen meds you would get at a prescription place, or just mm -hmm. buy it from me? Is would that is would there be any rules against sort of that type of Not promotion? Not at all. I mean, that's they'll be selling our product for that reason. So, so then I, I don't need to go to the doctor anymore. I can no, just no. go and self-medicate. Of course you can. Is, is that, wouldn't that present any other extra problems or? No, because they're still buying our, their product from us. I'm talking about from a health perspective Oh, too. no. Well, then that's just you deciding to smoke. I mean, right. smoking always is not good for you. But I mean, if you just go buy the product and you got pain problems, go make a cookie at home. I mean, your house might stink, but it'll be legal. So <laughs> I think, yeah, <laughs> go for it. Right. I guess, I guess because the side effects is once you're fully aware of what the side effects are, self-medicating is not really an issue then at this no, point. No, that's right. right. So that's what I'm saying. Like you, 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 have a, you have a corner market on the prescription stuff, but then if, if you have an open, open market, then, I mean, wouldn't that take away from your prescriptions? Because doctors would be like, I don't need to prescribe. They're just going to go self-medicate regardless. <sighs> Possibly. I mean, if the doctor feels that you need this, then he'll still give you a prescription. Um, hopefully, they'll be more relaxed with prescribing it as a prescription over uh, opiates, uh, Tylenol 3s or whatever they need to give them. That would be one of the best things I could see happening. But honestly, no, you can self-medicate with anything. You can go to the doctor and prescribe, go not over the counter and just get yourself whatever you think you need to alleviate whatever issue you have. And then if it's not working, you go see a doctor and he'll give you something that works. And then maybe that's where you need to go and he'll say, okay, well, this LP provides this type of cannabis that 
will help you with this and you'll just go to them instead. So as a, as a medical cannabis provider, then is your cannabis would be, I guess, would have to be a different strain that was being sold or it'll be exactly the same? Uh, well, there's, yeah, I mean, there will be different strains available. Um, I don't know if we're going to be selling all of our products to the general public or if we're going to keep a select few strains for the medicinal side of things only. But I just can't see a company doing that. They have what they have and they want to sell it. To someone that's not at all initiated into the world of marijuana, explain to me what is the differences in strains. There's three different major strain groups. There's a sativa, which helps you stay awake. Um, it's an energetic kind of smoke. It's more of a head high. Uh, there's indica, which is a body buzz, um, more of a downer. Uh, it's what they call couch lock buds. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I, I went to a couch lock one the other day, and it was the other way around. My head went fried. My, well, I, see, still, so that's, I still had the chronic back pain, but I was high. Yeah. I'm like, no, I wanted yeah, the back pain. Right? You, you so bastard. to each I'm not their own. Say Spencer gave me that, but damn. Oh, yeah, okay. No, it affects everybody <laughs> differently. Like, I've smoked strains before that put me out, and then someone else has tried it, and they're bouncing around. Um, there are hybrids that are a mix of the two. So maybe that's what it was, and you just took on the sativa effect of the bud instead of the indica side effect. And then there's the CBDs, which are non-psychoactive, non-couch lockers. They're more for just muscle relaxant, painkillers, um, functioning smoking weed. I love CBD. Uh, you would say you're a big proponent of it? You're a big fan? Huge. Yeah, I managed to smoke it at work, no problems at work. Because uh, don't our, burn our previous, out. Our previous nice. interview, she was all about it. This is going to change the world. There's miracle products for pets for this. For well, that's that. it. We have CBD oil for our pets too. Yeah, and it's amazing. Um, arthritis for dogs, a uh, couple drops for them, and they're up and running. They love it. Um, yeah, it's just a non-psychoactive part of the plant. I mean, but a lot of people still want to get stoned. That's the thing. It's not going to be. They won't treat this as a medicinal thing. They want to go out and get high and enjoy themselves for ten dollars or so whatever CBD it's going to cost. is the real thing then it's not just one of those fads that you every every 10 years we come up with a brand new chemical that's no, awesome and yeah. this will fix you for great this is bad and then 10 years later you find something else so cbd is the real thing it's the real thing 100 percent. yeah huh it's kind of weird that it's now they find that i guess i guess more more in depth, depth more time is like it's more legal now to a degree uh, more so, research has been done exactly it's still in that gray area but okay but <laughs> but here we are we're in july now the legalization was supposed to be done that's right so where do you see what's the timeline in your mind of when we're actually going to see some action october on this? 17th they said it. that's the oh, day so now it's october okay october 17th is the day it becomes legal okay and uh, is this uh what's the word i'm looking for um positive number or is this like a not a positive number, valid optimist is this like are you optimistic optimistic that's going to happen by then or we, were, like, we, were, we were guaranteed like, july but yeah, we were so, guaranteed by july you know if so you celebrate this, Canada Day, as of the latest legal. news october 17th okay, but, yeah. but is, this, is this like october 17th or october no 17th? i'm pretty sure it's october 17th <laughs> okay. that's the way i'm feeling <laughs> but i've been feeling that way since when they also said that about they also said that about july it was like, yeah. it's gonna be in july It'll be on July. Yeah, it's July. Uh, maybe I think they've said this is it. This is the cutoff. It has to be ready, and it has to go out as of this date. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, maybe we'll come back and revisit that in October and see where we're yeah, at. Yeah, or a month later, or a couple of months, and I'll let you know how our industry's changed. Yeah. Due yeah. To it. Yeah, yeah. Because right now, I think everything's in flux. It feels like the Wild West is, is upon us, right? Because everything's still status quo. People are applying for their licenses. They're seeing what they can do, but... There's still a lot of product out there. There's still a lot of dispensaries sort of stuck together, glued together, competing mm -hmm. for each other. And like at some point, there's going to have to be, a, a, I think, a retreat of 
dispensaries. And uh, some people are just going to have to close their doors because... In Ontario, they're closing all dispensaries. Only liquor stores are, are what do they called? LCBOs will be allowed to sell the product. They're saying no to dispensaries. So, yeah. That I mean, might happen here. Who knows? Right. I just can't. Yeah. West Coast is a little more open to the micro brewery side of things. Well, but we've already seen that in Vancouver where the dispensaries were multiplying you know, every month. Yes, that's yeah. right. Out of control. And, yeah, and then they did start to crack down on that's it. That's right. Which it seemed to also play into what we're talking about regulation uh you know in in coming running up to legalization it seems like they, they decided they needed to get a better hand on all of this and again it seemed you know as we said it's like as they legalize it seems like it's just getting harder and harder for producers and distributors yeah, i mean oh. you have you have to control the chain right you have to control the chain so you can tax it and, well that's it and, and you the, got and it and the fact that you like the that that's everywhere it's it's like this is where the government says okay listen we need to tax we need to tax how do we tax well there's too many things to tax so we have to sort of bring it down and, and sort of uh, filter through and sort of close the bottleneck and it's that closing of the bottleneck is what we're you know which, which is the, the discussion is like how are they going to close that bottleneck who's going to be affected and how they're going to appropriately do that because as he well, was well that's saying, the BC liquor thing yeah. you apply for that license and if you don't they'll probably just walk in and shut you down yeah and then and then you have the black market that's still going on that well I see press, this is right? a big surprise this is where I disagree I believe if you're going to legalize it and tax it then it should just be an open market but that's you. That's me. Yeah. Not everyone's a free enterprise. And that's, and that's just but. British Columbia. I mean, we, we didn't even dive into the rest of Canada. I mean, I, I totally didn't remember. I just, I just dawned on me again when you mentioned Ontario because uh, what's his name? Ford is like, no, 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 no. It's like, we, we are going to lock this down. And yeah, but so, he's, fairly, he's a pro-business guy and he actually sees the value in allowing this to go forward. But he was a no marijuana guy, period. But now he's, he's sort of saying, all right, we'll get the liquors. But from a business it. perspective, he's yeah. been very pro-legalization. Well, I think he realizes the dollars and cents. I think so. But it's but, he's, but the fact that he's not allowing now. dispensaries. I mean, you can buy beer in corner stores in Quebec, but you can't do it in Ontario and BC. That's, well, that's right. actually not true. He, he in, in the run-up to the election, he was saying he didn't want the government of Ontario to be in the business of selling marijuana, meaning he didn't want it just to be distributed through, yeah. through uh, liquor control boards. He wanted it to be sold... And, you know, he said, you know, perhaps beer and wine stores are the way to go. So, you know, I think he's taking a more practical approach than what we've seen in British Columbia, which I think is a little bit ironic, actually. Yeah. And for the rest of the, rest of the country, how are they going about it? Are you familiar or are you just... Uh, so... Because, I mean, you, you're distributing throughout the country, right? That's so. right. Well, um, in Quebec, they're like, you know, what? This is illegal? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know certain regulations. I know, so Toronto, you will not be able to smoke your product in public. It has to be in private. Um, Quebec and Manitoba, I believe, you will not be allowed to grow it. Outlets, I'm not 100% sure on different provinces. I'd have to Google that one. Right. Um, Well, Quebec, they still have trouble. They have more organized crime there. They have really, still really strong biker gangs. I think they're worried about... Yeah, I'm saying a name, but yeah, the Rock Machine. Yeah, yeah. Or I think, yeah, but oh, I think okay. they're worried about them taking control of it. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> if they don't have control of it already. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that. All right, we're getting ourselves in trouble. Yeah. We're gonna get whacked tomorrow. Yeah. All right, I think uh, I think we've gone about as far as we can yeah. uh, in terms of where we're at today. But like I say, you know, yeah, for sure. Sounds back. Sounds great. Come back, and uh, we'll see how see things where, unfold. See where we're at. And in the yeah, meantime, yeah. you know, I wish you well. Hope Cheers. things uh, work out well. I'm you sure know? they will for us. You're a small business operator providing people jobs. Yep. Yep. Many more to come. 
going from 6,000 square feet yeah. to what? 60,000? 60,000. Yeah, hopefully small. an initial yeah. 80,000. <laughs> maybe, maybe soon you'll be big business. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks, thanks Ryan. For, You're yeah, very welcome, thanks guys. For thanks for coming by. Cheers. Cheers. This is the Sea to Sky podcast. If you have a comment or story ideas, please check out our website at seataskypodcast.com or on Facebook and Twitter at Sea to Sky Podcast. Thank you for clicking us on.